0: Hey guys, welcome to Missing the Mark. Thank you very much for listening. This is our first ever episode. My name is Connor and I'm your host. And considering this is the first episode, one thing I wanted to do was kind of tell everyone a little bit about myself, give you guys some background into context behind Missing the Mark, what led me to start this podcast. And so this is going to be a little bit of a shorter episode just because there isn't a whole lot to say, really. Uh, I'm not going to give you my whole life story. But I'll give you about the last five years leading up to today and starting this podcast. So I grew up in the church um, in high school. I really wanted to be a youth pastor. That was something that I felt a very strong calling towards. I worked with the middle school a lot and I really enjoyed teaching youth. And the great thing about middle schoolers is they have so much energy and they do the craziest things and you get to have a lot of fun with them. And so that's something that I wanted to do as a high schooler. I knew that my calling was to be a youth pastor. And so I wanted to go to a Christian college. Now, the thing about Christian colleges is that it's very expensive. And when you're having to pay for college yourself, uh, something that you obviously have to take into account. And so I ended up joining the military right out of high school to help pay for college. I enlisted in the Kansas Air National Guard with the idea that I was going to enlist, uh, come back from all of my training and then go to college and have them pay for it. But what really happened when I got back was I found that I really enjoyed my job in the military. I enjoyed the people that I worked with, I enjoyed the mission that I was working and I just had a lot of fun doing it. It was challenging and I was I was being recognized for my good work. And so what I did was I put college on hold and I decided to pursue my career in the military. And I was working with the middle school at the time, and I became very close friends with the youth pastor. His name was Ben, and he was kind of a good mentor for me. And we did a lot of studies together, and he would push me spiritually, which is something that I always loved about him. And while I was doing this volunteering with the middle school ministry, and this was over a course of five years, I still felt this calling to go do ministry full time. and so. At the back of my mind, it was always gnawing at me uh, that I wasn't doing enough for God. And so I felt like God was asking me to give 100 percent. And I was really only giving 50 and that I was just using volunteering at the middle school ministry as an excuse not to do more. And so I got married. I had a kid. We got two dogs. We bought a house, you know, living the American dream. And I was unable to quit my job in the military. And do full-time ministry because I didn't think I was going to be able to maintain my current lifestyle, provide for my family and do all that, which was really looking back on it now, a lack of faith on my part and trusting that God would take care of me. But that's a different story. So what happened is, is that I started to grow discontent. I, I knew that I was supposed to be doing more for the kingdom and I wasn't, I was only giving maybe 50%, like I said. And so I started to grow very frustrated with myself. Um, So, what I did was, I enrolled in uh, college. I ended up going to Liberty University and majoring in biblical and theological studies. And during this time, it was all online because I was still working full time. I started to study the New Testament and really dig into it. I dug into the Gospels and then Acts and learned all about the early church. And I started to project a little bit of my dissatisfaction onto the church itself. So what I did was I would read about the church in the new Testament, and then I would compare it to the church today. And I became very judgmental and hypercritical of the church. And so that's where kind of my frustration started was through ironically studying the word of God. And I think that God was just using this as a way to tell me that I wasn't doing enough And it was, he was trying to show me, uh, where he wanted me to go with my life. Uh, but at the time I kept pushing it away because I, I wanted to, you know, my excuse was that I wanted to be able to provide for my family. And so I continued to work in the military. And what I started to do was because I was dissatisfied with my spiritual life, I started looking for satisfaction elsewhere, which is never a good thing. And so I started trying to find satisfaction in my work. And at this point in my career, uh, I had kind of learned most of what I already could learn. And so I was getting very bored. You could say that I peaked, if you will. And um, I I started to get very, very unsatisfied with work itself because I had the expectation or I was giving uh, work the expectation that it was going to fill the desire uh, in my heart that only God could fill. So whenever whenever you're trying to replace something And your heart that only God can fill with anything else, it's never going to work. It's always going to let you down, whether it's a relationship um, or drugs or alcohol or whatever. If you're trying to fill that God hole with something other than God, it's never going to work. And that's what I was doing with church. And so my anger and my contentment, it kind of just started to bubble and fester And it was I just was in this bad place spiritually where I was judging the church and I was being hypercritical of Christians around me. And I I was saying that everyone was a hypocrite and all of this stuff, uh, failing to recognize that I was being very hypocritical myself. Uh, But we'll get into more of that here in a few minutes. Um, But again, I was feeling very discontent and angry. And so I had also kind of made some financial mistakes and I was in a lot of debt at the time. So this opportunity came up for me to move to North Carolina, make enough money to get myself out of debt and kind of reevaluate what I wanted to do with my life. So me and my family, we moved to North Carolina from Kansas and we were there for about a year and a half. We were ultimately able to pay off our debt. Um, But during that time that I was there for a year and a half, I continued to study the word of God and, and through my through my courses at Liberty University uh, but one thing that I did was I kind of stopped going to church for a good year and a half. Now, the, a lot of reasons for that were because of my job. I worked a lot of weekend shifts where I wasn't able to go to church on Sunday or Saturday. But there were also a lot of times where I definitely could have gone to church and just chose not to. I guess I didn't want to get emotionally connected to people that I knew I was probably going to be leaving. And so I just focused on work and I just focused on school. And one of the unique things that I got to do in North Carolina was work with a lot of people who weren't Christian. And I love talking about the Bible. I love having theological conversations or even having apologetical debates, whether it's just in good spirits or or whatever, but just for fun. And when you're on a shift with someone for 12 hours and you have nothing else to talk about, uh, sometimes the conversations can get really crazy, uh, but sometimes they'll get directed into uh, religion. And so whenever those religion topics would come up, I always really enjoyed talking about those with people. And so I was kind of the black sheep on my crew because I was one of the few people that were Christians. And so I enjoyed asking people why they weren't Christians. And one of the, I I got, I heard two things reoccurring a lot. Um, and I'll give you, I'll give you both of those. So the first thing that people told me of why they didn't like the Christianity or what they had against the church was that they felt Christians within the church were very hypocritical. Uh, They felt that Christians would show up on Sunday and they would raise their hands and worship God and, you know, say that they're a Christian and do all of this stuff. But then once they left church, they acted like anyone else. There was no differentiating them between Christians and non-Christians. And so they felt that Christians were very hypocritical, very shallow, um, very surface level people. And they also felt like Christians use the Bible as a way to judge other people and condemn others. So that was the main reason that I heard repetitively whenever I asked people what they didn't like about Christianity. And then the second thing that I heard was that they couldn't get behind a church that just kept asking for more and more money. So they would see these Um, televangelists that have these massive churches and millions and sometimes hundreds of millions of dollars pouring into them. And all the preacher seemed to be asking for was more money, you know, trust God and give more money and he'll bless you. And it just seemed like a scam to them. And so they were very weary of the church because they thought that it was a a financial scam where the church was just trying to get you to give them money so that they could build bigger facilities or uh, the pastor could buy a nicer car or, or in some cases, a jet plane and so they were very weary of the church and through these conversations it only kind of solidified the ideas that had i had been thinking about over the past few years you know i had been very judgmental against the church and against hypocrites within the church and this kind of solidified um my idea on that so unfortunately this is where missing the mark kind of started I wanted to start this podcast uh, taking apart the church almost and, and just laying it out there and venting my frustrations to the world and saying, this is where the American church is going wrong and this is how we should be doing it and this is how church should be. And the problem is, is all of that would have been coming from a place of discontentment and anger. And I knew at the time that it would have been inappropriate for me to have this podcast because I wasn't in a good place spiritually myself. And so the podcast wouldn't have been uplifting. It would have been me attacking, which is not something that I wanted to do. I didn't want to attack the church. So around late 2018, uh, my old youth pastor called me and he asked me if I wanted to be the youth pastor at a new church that he had planted. And, but only on a part time basis, I would move back to Kansas and um, work part time as a youth pastor and still be in the military full time. And so I prayed about it. And this was something that I really felt called to do. And so I moved back to Kansas and I started this, this part time youth pastor position. And over the course of so from 2018 to 2020, I saw this transformation of my heart where I let go of a lot of the bitterness and the anger that I had had towards the church because I realized that I myself was being just as hypocritical as every other Christian that I was judging. I was pointing the finger and saying, everyone's being hypocritical, where in reality, I was being just as bad of a sinner as everyone else. And so I started to kind of do some self repair and self-reflection and meditating on the word of God. And I let go of a lot of that angerness and bitterness. And the more that I continued to um, get to know my youth group and prepare lessons and sermons and even get the, got the opportunity to, to preach, I still felt this very strong calling to do ministry full time. And so missing the mark, it started off as something that was based in anger and I wanted to attack the church. But now I've come to this place where I realized that I was being very hypocritical and that I was missing the mark on my own faith. And so really, that's what I want missing the mark to be. I want it to be a way for people to rethink their own faith and reevaluate the way that they're living out their lives for Christ. And this is something that I'm still personally working on myself. And I'm really excited uh, for you guys to be able to take this journey with me and even help keep each other accountable and realizing what it means to live in the context of the kingdom of heaven. I still work in the military full time, but I still feel the call to do ministry full time as well. So one of my goals and my desires is to transition out of the military and be able to pour more energy into ministry. And so one of the things that I want to do is start a nonprofit here in Wichita, Kansas, where we build a community center and a low income neighborhood uh, with high risk youth. And we allow these youth to come and to hang out and play games and socialize and do all this fun stuff. And to also hear about the gospel. I still very, I still feel very strongly about helping youth. And so I want to start a nonprofit that focuses on helping inner city kids. So that's my long-term goal. And I thought that a podcast would be a great way for me to, well, practice my preaching, uh, share the gospel and use it as a platform to kick off from. So there you have it. That's a little bit about me and my background, but I also wanna share with you why I was frustrated with the church, why it was misdirected and some of the topics that I want to talk about in following episodes. So as I mentioned, I went to a big church and it was in a middle class neighborhood, maybe an upper middle class neighborhood. And like I said, we had over a thousand people attend each week and multiple services, the whole shebang. Um, and I loved the people. I loved the pastors. I love the leadership. And they were all um, great. It was a great environment to grow up in. Uh, but as I said, the more that I dug into scripture and I was going through this bitterness, Um, I, I started to become very hypercritical. And the more that I dug into my studies into the Bible, I started to see a lot of similarities between the average Christian and the Pharisees that Jesus would often criticize. So the two passages that I'm going to focus on are Matthew 15 verses 1 through 9 and Matthew 25, 31 through 46. Now, if you look at the New Testament Pharisees, they were still living under the Mosaic law. Or the law that Moses had given the Israelites from God. And so the problem with this old law is that humanity had taken something uh, that God had intended for them to just be a way to live a happy life. And they had twisted it and and made it into something that it wasn't supposed to be. They made it very legalistic. um, And we're going to dig more into that in episode two. Um, But when Jesus came, he kind of gave us a new way to live and a new law to operate under. Um, And where righteousness wasn't necessarily determined by actions alone, but rather by the content of one's heart. And so we see a little bit of this in Matthew 15, verse one through nine. Jesus is approached by Pharisees and they ask Jesus why his disciples aren't washing their hands before they eat. You see, it was tradition for them to wash their hands. And if they didn't wash their hands before they ate, they would be sinning and therefore become spiritually unclean. And this was the tradition of their elders And so by Jesus failing to do this, he was sinning. And Jesus was viewed as a a teacher of the law. So why would a teacher of the law be breaking the law? And so I'm going to read Jesus' response in verse three through nine. And this is from the message. Normally I would read from NIV. That's my favorite version of the Bible. But I think the message does a really good job of putting into terms that are easy to understand. So we're going to start in verse three here. It says, but Jesus put it right back on them. Why do you use your rules to play fast and loose with God's commands? God clearly says respect your father and mother, and anyone denouncing father or mother should be killed. But you weasel around that by saying whoever wants to can say to father and mother, What I owed you, I've given to God. That can hardly be respecting a parent. You cancel God's command by your rules. You frauds. Isaiah's prophecy of you hits the bullseye. These people make a big show of saying the right thing, but their heart isn't in it. They act like they're worshiping me, but they don't mean it. And they just use me as a cover for teaching whatever suits their fancy. You see, the Pharisees had taken this law, and Jesus is saying that they had they had used it as a way to circumvent the original intent that God had given them. So God gave the commandment to respect your father and mother. But the Pharisees had made this law that said, well, if if you owe your mother or father something, but you've already dedicated that to God, that resource, whatever it is to God, you, you know, you, sh- you don't have to give it to your father and mother. And so essentially you're neglecting your father and mother because the resource is dedicated to God. And I I was using air quotes there. I realize now that you guys can't see my air quotes, but they were dedicated to God. So Jesus, he calls them out on it. He says, you guys are frauds like you're. You're disobeying God's commands, and you're using your own legalism to do it. So you're just as hypocritical as as I am by not washing my hands. Um, but what I really want to focus on is how Jesus calls them out uh, when he references Isaiah. So he says, you know, they they act like they're worshiping me, but they don't mean it. And they just use me as a cover for teaching whatever suits their fancy. And for me, this was a huge, punch to the gut, because when I look at my own faith and when I look at the congregations of churches around us, I see a lot of Christians who had fallen into this similar trap where we go to church and we make a show, we we raise our hands and we sing really loud and we act like we're praising and worshiping God or God, but our heart isn't in it and we don't really mean any of it. And we can see the truth of that statement reflected in our actions outside of Sunday church. And so this is only confirmed further in my mind whenever I have conversation with people who aren't Christians, where they say this is the biggest complaint that they have about Christians, that Christians are shallow and that they're hypocritical and that they don't like going to church or don't like Christians um, because they, they do this. They sit there and they say that they're Christians and then they turn around and they use the Bible or they use Jesus as a cover to condemn and to judge other people or They go to church on Sunday and you see them raising their hand and worshiping God and talking about how great of a person they are. But then when they get into work on Monday, they act just like everyone else. And there's no real difference between them and a non-believer. And so I feel like Christians and even myself have fallen into this trap of where we act like the Pharisees. And this was a hard realization for me to come to in in my real life or in my own life. And so I'm just as guilty of this. Like I said, Um, it was easy for me to judge others, but it was hard for me to take uh, an honest reflection of myself and to judge myself. And when I did that, I found that I was way more guilty than anyone else. So I don't say this to attack people. I'm merely pointing out a problem that we have in America as a church. And it breaks my heart when I hear people describe past interactions with Christians where the terms they used were the opposite of grace and mercy and love. And so I think this is one of the biggest problems that we have in the church, this hypocrisy where we are just like the Pharisees that Jesus called out, where he says, you you act like you're worshiping me, but you don't mean it. And, you know, they say with their lips that they love me but they, their actions show otherwise. And so the other passage that I wanted to dig into was Matthew 25. And so this is where Jesus tells the parable of the sheep and the goats. Uh, Jesus is talking about judgment day and everyone is gathered and God separates people into two groups, just as a shepherd would separate sheep and goats. And he puts the people on uh, the right, to his right and his left. And he says to the people on the right, Hey, guys, you did a really good job. Like when I was hungry, you gave me food. When I was thirsty, you gave me something to drink. And when I needed clothes, you gave me clothing. And the the people look at Jesus and they're surprised and they say, well, Jesus, when did we see you hungry or when did we see you uh, thirsty? And Jesus replies and he says, whatever you did for the least of these, you did for me. And then Jesus turns to the group on his left and he gives the opposite speech. He says, when I was hungry. You didn't give me food. And when I was thirsty, you didn't give me a drink. And when I needed clothes, you didn't clothe me. And the people are in shock and they're like, Jesus, surely if we would have seen you, we would have given you food. When did we see you hungry? When did, when did we see you thirsty? And Jesus says, whatever you did not do for the least of these, you didn't do for me. And I, I can only imagine that the group on the left would have helped Jesus if they knew that it was Jesus, right? They would have said, oh, Jesus needs food. Well, I'll, sure, I'll give him food. But they failed to take care of those who couldn't take care of themselves. And that's what Jesus is saying. He's saying, whatever you didn't do for the least of these, you didn't do for me. You see, they failed to love their neighbor. Uh, they they failed to take care of other people. And when I read that, I think of the sheeps and the goats, not being believers and non-believers, but being all Christians. You have two groups of Christians who are split up. And Jesus says to one of those groups, Hey, you did it right. You lived your life the way I told you. And to the others, he says the opposite. He says, You guys praised me with your lips and you said all of the right things. But when it came down to it, you did not live your life the way I commanded. You didn't love your neighbor and you didn't take care of others. And to this group of Christians, he, he will say, I never knew you. And they will go into eternal punishment. And if the first passage was a gut check, this passage is downright terrifying. I know that we're not saved by actions alone. So I want to just throw that out there right now. Our actions are not what saves us. Jesus' death on the cross is, is what it forgives our sins and it saves us. But if our actions don't support our faith, did we really have faith at all? That's what James talks about in James chapter two. He says, you know, he talks about Abraham being justified and his righteousness being supported by his actions. Um, And he says, if our actions don't work in line with our faith, then we fooled ourselves and our faith is worthless. So these are the questions that I started to ask myself when I looked at the church. I became very afraid and I was afraid that we were doing this all wrong. I was afraid that we weren't properly teaching people how to live their lives the way that God intended. I was afraid that I wasn't living my life the way God intended. You see, we have these huge churches that it seems their only focus is getting people in the door. And these churches are ran like a business. Where the measure of success is how many new visitors we have each month or how many baptisms we have. And we do a really good job of getting people in the door and getting them to acknowledge Jesus as their Savior. But then after that, we don't do anything with them. People are left to figure out what the next steps are on their own. And discipleship gets put to the side as we return our focus back to getting people in the door and bumping up our numbers. And we spend millions of dollars building huge buildings. And creating amazing worship experiences with the hope that we can draw more and more people in. But we fail to teach people what it actually means to live in the kingdom of heaven. And we get them to the kingdom gates, but rarely do we get people to go inside and live life in the context of the kingdom. So we're left with thousands of people that go to church simply to be entertained by the worship and by the videos or the speakers. And there will be a day that inevitably comes where they're no longer entertained and they leave to go to a different church that has better music or a better speaker. We've created this generation of consumerist Christians where it's church is all about them. And being a Christian is so much more than simply showing up to church on Sunday and singing a few songs. It goes beyond Sunday church and is a lifestyle that we commit to. And that's the point of missing the mark. It's not to put, I'm not putting all of the focus on the church here, but when we take an honest look at ourselves and our faith, are we living life the way that God intended or are we slightly off the mark? Nobody is perfect and we'll always have sin in our lives, but my goal is to personally start living life the way God intended and to help other people rethink their faith and start living life in the context of the kingdom. I could do several episodes On the church, and I probably will. And I'm excited because I'm no longer angry and bitter at the church. Um, I'm coming from a place of love and a desire to fix and a a desire to repair. And so I hope that you guys uh, will continue with me on this journey. Um, I'll have guests popping in and out, so you're just not going to have to listen to me the whole time. Uh, But I intend to share in following episodes what my studies have taught me and explore the Bible from a different perspective. Uh, My next episode is going to be about Mosaic Law and the new law that we live under Jesus. Um, So I just want to say thank you guys for listening so much. And if you guys want to make a donation that goes towards starting this nonprofit, you can visit our website, which is www.missingthemarkministry.com and 100% of donations go to this goal. So this whole podcast, uh, the website, all of that is self-funded. Um, Any donations that you guys make will go towards starting this nonprofit. Uh, Again, thanks for listening. If you guys have any questions or comments, hit me up on Twitter, uh, which can also be accessed through our website. Uh, God bless you guys and have a great, great day.